You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye. That's right, everybody. Welcome to the season finale of the football-only shows for season four of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye. And boy, howdy, do we have a football show of all football shows. First and foremost, I hope you got to enjoy the NXT deadline review that PJ Steven and I did for you earlier this week. If you have not gotten a chance to check it out, it is available on all uh, podcast platforms uh, as well as, uh, well, I guess by this point, it has already aired on hashtag Wrestling Wednesdays of Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Um, listen, I, I mentioned in the in the main event of that show that this would be the last football-only episode of the year. As fantasy football uh, comes to an end for the 2022 season and as the NFL regular season comes to an end, uh, I'm going to be making football picks in the main event of the wrestling shows uh, for the next six weeks or so until we get to the season four finale. And, and man, we've done over 50 shows this year, and uh, that's almost once a week <laughs> for for quite some time. So pretty excited about that. Um, really excited to get into some football stuff because I went over uh, some some statistics and some some notes that I've, I've been collecting over the season and some interesting stats to show you why you should have been listening to the show from day one. So let's get into it. We're going to I've, I've been talking about maybe changing the format, uh, whereas we normally do the the uh, the pregame warm up the first half and the second half. Um, we are just going to uh, kind of go along with the show uh, in different segments, and I'm going to rename them next season. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that, obviously, with next year coming. Um, and I guess if you're listening to the show, I might as well kind of reveal it. Uh, the pregame warm-up will now just simply be called the kickoff, the kickoff of, of the, the football shows. Uh, then they'll be followed by game time, which will be the sort of the breaking down uh, in, in this season, it has been the buys and sells. And then the overtime of the show will will go into uh, game picks. So we're going to start off the show, which what I've coined most of the season, that's the pregame warm-up. This is the kickoff of the show. And we're going to sort of uh, kind of revisit some storylines um, before we get into uh, the, the main bulk of the show where I'm going to um, go over the predictions that I made preseason and uh, and the results is as far as how they panned out throughout the year. The show will also go over my fantasy football MVPs at each position. And then at the end of the show, we've got some more of Frick's picks to go through um, as uh, as we as we go into uh, the final two weeks of the professional football season and into the bulk of college football bowl games. So let's get right into the pregame warm up this week. Um, uh, some, some interesting football happenings to happen over the weekend. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars jump into first place in the AFC South. The Titans lose to the Texans as I predicted correctly last week. And now the Titans go to face the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football with, um, really no implications. The only thing that Tennessee needs to do to win their division and go to the playoffs is beat Jacksonville in week 18 uh, Derrick Henry is doubtful to play in the game Thursday night football. A lot of defensive players are, are set to miss this game. 
Um, but Jacksonville currently in first place in the AFC South uh, heading into the final two weeks of the season. Uh, speaking of a team who's who's still sort of kind of floundering around with a shot at the playoffs, the Carolina Panthers beat the Lions on Christmas Eve, still have a shot to win their division if they win out, um, including a game against Tampa Bay, a very crucial game against Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, speaking of the Lions, they also have, still have an outside shot at the playoffs. They need to win out. They need some help from Washington and or the New York Giants. Um, and they've got a pretty interesting game this coming weekend. And then they end the season with Green Bay, which more than likely will be a win and end for one of those two teams, just depending on what happens this weekend. Um, going over to the AFC, Tua Tagovailoa concussed again. It was announced on Wednesday the 28th that he has, in fact, suffered yet another concussion. I believe that's the third this season. The second time in which he was suffered a concussion in the middle of a game and continued the game. He would throw three interceptions after he was concussed um, this past weekend. So uh, some some pretty uh, pretty interesting findings here. You wonder what's going to go happen going forward with concussion protocols, with concussion diagnoses on the field. Uh, when you've suffered three concussions in a season, um, how what what sort of long term ramifications does that make uh, to someone's health? So we're, we're more than likely not going to see Tua this weekend. Uh, sticking in the AFC, the Denver Broncos in less than one season under Nathaniel Hackett will fire Hackett after a 51, I think 51 to 14, uh, 51 points dropped on them by the Los Angeles Rams. And that is a Rams team without Matthew Stafford, without Cooper Cup. Uh, just an absolute shellacking the Broncos took. Uh, they fired Nathaniel Hackett as a result. And we mentioned a few times teams with shots to make the playoffs and win divisions. The Cowboys beat the Eagles last week. The Eagles playing without Jalen Hurts um, may not play this week. Uh, they're they're looking um, they're looking into his health, but the Cowboys still have a shot not only at the the NFC East division title. They're already in the playoffs, uh, but if the cards fall right, the Cowboys still have an outside shot at the number one seed in the NFC. If you can believe that now, now there's a, a thigh bruise to co-starting running back Tony Pollard. Uh, so we'll see what they decide to do with him this coming Thursday. I don't think you need to risk it with as much as Tennessee is, is not playing on Thursday night. Um, it doesn't make sense to risk somebody for the Cowboys, considering that they've got a healthy enough team without Tony Pollard to go out and beat the Titans on Thursday night football uh, to, to stay alive for at least the division title in week 18. Uh, we're not going to take a break. We're going to get in the buys and sells recaps um, real quick before we take our first break, because in the, uh, what I'm going to go ahead and coin is the, uh, the game time segment. Uh, we're going to go through predictions where bully was right, where bully was wrong on divisional predictions in the NFL. Um, but last week was the season finale of bullies buys and sells where I told you who to start, who to sit, uh, going into your fantasy football playoffs and into your championships on the season, I went 64, 55 and one, uh, including a tie last week. Literally, uh, Darius Slayton was the only person all year that hit his projection identically. 11.9 points projected, scored 11.9, which gave me one tie on the season. But if you look at buys and sells, I was much better telling you who not to start than I was telling you who to start. 
buys on the season 28 37 and one sells i was 36 and 18 so i I, i'm not going to try to do the math for you 36 times out of 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 course i said i'm not going to do the math and i'm going to do the math now uh 36 times out of 54 uh i was right when i told you not to start somebody so um that's uh that's about a 67 percent correction rate or correct uh, prediction rate on your 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 sell list, if you will. So hopefully you listened when I told you to bench guys this year because I was right two out of three times that I told you about it. Um, so hopefully if uh, if you've been following my advice, you are in your fantasy football championship. You're either maybe you're in your fantasy football playoffs. Um, I have made I made all three playoffs, but I lost in the first round um, in my work league. Uh, I am in the championship game in my main league, and the playoffs started in Polly's Pickham's uh, fantasy football league um, this week. Unfortunately, no Tua means I'm going to have to find a quarterback, and there's pretty slim pickings in the waiver wire in that league. Uh, but I digress. Um, last, when it comes to fantasy football predictions, at the beginning of the year, if you recall, I gave you four rookies uh, to look out for this season. And I gave you four guys to avoid going into football season. I'm going to revisit those and, and kind of discuss, just discuss whether I was right or wrong. Let's start off with the, with the rookies that I told you to look out for. Um, if I recall, Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I told you that he'd be starting by like week eight, if I'm not mistaken, week six. Indeed, he was starting. Uh, listen, he didn't. He didn't do all that well in fantasy. He's right now currently ranked number 29 amongst quarterbacks in fantasy football. The one thing I was right about that he is that he did take over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That offense sort of struggled mightily, regardless of who was at quarterback this season for Pittsburgh. But I was right about him starting. I was wrong about the impact that he may have uh, for that offense. Uh, let's move to running back, the rookie I told you to look out for. I'm going to chalk this one up as a, as a correct pick. Kenneth Walker from the Seattle Seahawks, currently the number 18-ranked running back. I mentioned preseason that that the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks would go down. He did. Kenny Pickett stepped up, and he had quite a season until he himself got injured. Matter of fact, he started the season uh, injured and came in in relief and just – sort of lit up the scoreboard for a few weeks to be the number 18 ranked running back in the league, not to start for the full season is a, is a pretty big deal. So I was definitely right when I told you to look out for Kenneth Walker, the third, and I'm, I'm telling you next season, he will be a highly touted, probably top third round pick at the running back position. If not like maybe probably a, a, a late first rounder in your fantasy drafts in 2023. Uh, the one the receiver I was, I was telling you to look out for, um, I, I, it was sort of a stretch because I didn't think he was going to play until late and he didn't. And that was Detroit Lions wide receiver, Jamison Williams, the rookie out of Alabama spent most of the year on IR after tearing his ECL in the national championship game. He did score a touchdown in his first career catch. Um, next year, I think Jamison Williams will have a standout breakout season in the NFL um, so while it was maybe a year early on Jamison Williams, it's definitely going to name that you're going to want to keep your eye on going into the 2023 fantasy season. And finally, a non-rookie 
uh, but a tight end that I told you to look out for nevertheless because of the quarterback throwing him the ball, and that's Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth. Listen, if you don't if you don't have a tight end named Travis Kelsey, every week was sort of a hit or miss when it comes to tight ends in fantasy football. Pat Fryermuth, very quietly the number six ranked scoring tight end in fantasy football this season. So listen, if he's the number six scoring tight end, that means that if you're in a 10 team league, he's starting every week. So I'm chalking that up as a win for that. Uh, guys to look out for for the 2022 fantasy season uh, win. Um, with the guys that I told you to avoid, I went three and one. I was I went three out of four with correct predictions. First, starting off with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I've been saying it week after week after week, and despite the fact that they are knocking on the door of the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers has not been the fantasy quarterback that most people thought he would be. Uh, I am not most people. He is currently ranked number 16 among, among quarterbacks in fantasy football. Unless you're in a two-quarterback system, that is not good enough to be a fantasy football starter. So I hope you didn't draft Aaron Rodgers. Uh, remember when I did my, when I did my live draft, for my main fantasy league and somebody took Aaron Rodgers like as their number one quarterback. I, I looked at him as a dude, you're in for a long season. Like dude, it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers in 2022 with no receivers to throw to uh, numerous other issues in that offense. And, uh, and it turned out to be just as predicted with not even a number one uh, quarterback ranking um, to, to show for in 2022. Um, my running back, I told you to avoid was Clyde Edwards. Elaire of the Kansas city chiefs. He did have a couple of decent weeks, um, but he's on IR. He only had four weeks in double digits on the season. Currently ranked the number 45 running back and on injured reserve. Um, I was right when I told you to stay away from CEH, uh, a guy named Isaiah Pacheco has sort of stepped in that role that they thought, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was going to be able to take. And I don't, I don't, maybe, I think we may have seen the end of CEH as far as a, a, a fantasy running back, at least in Kansas City. Um, I don't have much hope for him going forward from a fantasy relevancy perspective. Um, before I go into where I was wrong, let's skip over wide receiver and let's go into tight end. I told you to avoid Darren Waller this season. Um, he had three games in double digits but he has missed the majority of this season due to soft tissue injuries. Currently ranked the number 34 tight end. Considering all the games that he missed, that is not surprising. Um, so when I told you to avoid Darren Waller, might not have been for the right reason, but it still, um, it still bore the fruit that I expected it to and, and when I told you to avoid drafting Darren Waller. Now, the wide receiver, I was way off, man. Um, and we're going to get to it in the next segment. Uh, where Billy was right and Billy was wrong when it comes to NFL predictions. I was dead wrong with the Seattle Seahawks. I thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL, uh, that Pete Carroll's career in Seattle was over, that uh, the fact that they traded away Russell Wilson and they were rolling with Geno Smith, or, and I can't even say the other guy's name, I know he played football, Drew Locke uh, from Missouri. Um, I thought that team was just going to be awful. Outside of, of Kenneth Walker, obviously, and with Geno Smith balled the majority of the season, and that boded well. Bid well, bode well, boded. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it meant good things for the star receivers in Seattle. 
I told you to avoid both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They are the number 12 and number 13 wide receivers in fantasy. That's right. Uh, both are number two wide receivers on your fantasy roster. Um, incredible what both of those guys can do in the same offense, similar to what Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard did down the stretch for the Cowboys uh, from a running back perspective in fantasy football. All right, folks, uh, that was the uh, the pregame warm-up or the kickoff, if you will. Coming up next, we're going to get into the game time segment. We are going to go over fantasy football MVPs, and we are going to get in prediction versus results when it came to the NFL uh, divisional, uh, divisional races and playoff races in the NFL. Uh, how did I do? With two weeks left to go in the season, predicting the outcome of the NFL season. Stay tuned to find out. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdown. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome back to this season finale football-only episode. Uh, a lot of fun stuff that we went over in the first part of the show. Now here we are in the game time segment. Um, before we get into the prediction slash results of the NFL season to this point, we're going to stick in fantasy football, and I'm going to give you my fantasy football MVPs, and they should be pretty, uh, pretty self-explanatory considering if you go to any – really any league scoring format and kind of go down the list of, of positional players and where they rank when it comes to points. Um, it should be come, should come as no surprise. Uh, but let's start off. The one surprise that you might find is the quarterback position. My quarterback fantasy MVP for the season goes to Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Um, we'll get into it here in a minute. I was wrong, wrong, wrong about the Eagles going into the season. Um, Jalen Hurts was a big part of the success and a reason why the Eagles were the last undefeated team in football. The lowest scoring game that he had was 15 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week four. He scored 20 or more points in six games, 30 or more points in seven games. Currently the number three quarterback scoring in fantasy football and did not play last week. Probably won't play this week. As far as a, an NFL MVP goes, the fact that he's missed last week and will more than likely miss this week probably doesn't bode well for his, his chances to win MVP, but he ought to. 3,472 passing yards, 22 touchdowns with five interceptions. Combine that with 747 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. Once again, number three in quarterback scoring in fantasy football, and that's why he's my quarterback MVP of the fantasy football season in 2022. At running back, we're going to give the MVP to the number one scorer in fantasy football, Austin Eckler. Believe it or not, Austin Eckler had zero 
count them, zero fantasy football games with single-digit points. Every single game he scored in the double digits. His worst game came at the very first week of the regular season where he scored 11 points in week one. Three times he had 30-plus point fantasy football fantasy games. Five times he had 20-plus point fantasy games. He had on the season 11 rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. Stat line, 99 receptions. Will finally get to that 100 receptions at the running back position this coming week. 99 receptions, 647 receiving yards. Combine that with 759 rushing yards on 183 attempts. That is good for 4.2 yards per carry. Austin Eckler, an absolute stud. Um, stayed healthy for the most of the season, which which is uh, always always bodes well for, for fantasy football. Output, Austin Eckler, your fantasy running back MVP in 2022. Uh, the wide receiver we're going to talk about has an outside chance to break the single-season receiving yard record set by my former Detroit Lion, Calvin Johnson, and that's wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Once again, number one wide receiver in scoring in fantasy football. Only two single-digit fantasy football outputs. Four points in Week 13 against Detroit. He would make up for that with over 200 receiving yards in their next game. Six points in Week 11 against Dallas. A game where Dallas shellacked the Vikings and just made the Vikings look like a non-playoff contender. But I digress. Um, Justin Jefferson had seven games of the season with 30 or more fantasy points. He had eight receiving touchdowns on the season, currently 123 receptions, 1,756 yards. He had 10 games with 100-plus yards and four with 150 or more. He has broken the single-season receiving record that was set by Randy Moss some years ago with the Minnesota Vikings. And once again, if he can have big showings, over the next two weeks, could challenge Calvin Johnson for that receiving record uh, in, a, in a one single season, uh, which is why Justin Jefferson is my fantasy football wide receiver MVP of 2022. Now, the tight end should be no should should be no surprise. Travis Kelsey is the only tight end that is a lock every single week. Don't worry about it. Set it and forget it. And he is once again your number one scoring tight end in fantasy football and your fantasy football MVP at tight end. Only one game in under 10 fantasy points came week 13 against our very good Cincinnati Bengals team. He had 12 touchdowns on the season, five games with 100 or more yards, no fewer than four receptions in a single game. He had seven games, seven games, with 20-plus fantasy points and five games with eight or more receptions. Travis Kelsey is a baller. He is a wide receiver that lines up at tight end. He is the best tight end in football. He may go down as the best tight end in NFL history, um, which is why he's the fantasy football MVP at tight end. Um, a sort of a footnote here, I call him the comeback fantasy player of the year, and he stays at tight end. And I'm giving it to George Kittle. He had six games in double-digit fantasy points. He did not start off the season. He was banged up early. He finished the season with eight touchdowns. He had three multi-touchdown games, and at the end of your fantasy season, came in clutch with a couple of multi-touchdown games down the stretch. Uh, tra uh, uh, George Kittle, uh, what a season he had considering he, he had fallen off the fantasy radar 
Um, and, and uh, yeah, what a great comeback season for a guy who spent most of the last two to three seasons banged up, uh, was able to stay healthy down the stretch, uh, at least for right now. Uh, San Francisco has lost two quarterbacks, has lost star wide receiver Debo Samuel all to injury, hoping to get healthy for a playoff run as they have won the NFC West, which brings me to the prediction and results uh, portion of this show where I'm going to go through uh, and revisit the predictions that I made early in the season regarding how the NFL would play out. Um, let's start off in the AFC. We're just going to go through the AFC here. Um, I, before I even get into it, I just want to be clear that um, I have never been so right about some of the things that have taken place this season, and I have never been more wrong about some of the things that have taken place this weekend. The, uh, the NFC East that we'll get to, I was way off. The NFC West, I couldn't have been more wrong about. Um, but when I went into these predictions this season, um, obviously you want to be right, right? You want to be correct. You want to try to give people the best advice. And when you hear some of these numbers, you hear some of these records compared to what I predicted to them, maybe you can tell your friends and say, listen, this guy, although he doesn't work for a major sports network, it's a very low budget, a very um, low key, uh, you know, individual guy podcast from some random pistachio salesman in South Carolina. Um, send them my way because you're going to hear that more times than not, I was, I was pretty close to being spot on uh, with my predictions for the NFL. And despite not having any professional um, background when it comes to football or predicting or anything like that, analyzing, I, uh, I think I did a pretty good job. So without, with that being said, let's get into the AFC and start in the AFC North. I had the Bengals winning the division, uh, but I was wrong with the rest of the division. Preseason, I had uh, Cincinnati uh, uh, winning the division with Pittsburgh in second, Cleveland in third, and Baltimore in fourth. In actuality, right now, the standings go Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. The Browns eliminated from the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers have a shot to make the playoffs, but the Ravens are right there in the playoff hunt, which we'll get to here in a minute. But the AFC North, I was right when I said the Bengals were going to win this division. Um, I wish I had written down their records now because uh, it's pretty close to what I predicted. I did write down records for uh, for everyone else. Um, the AFC South, I was right about everyone being bad. <laughs> I had I had Tennessee winning the division at nine and eight. Um, like I said, the one prediction I got right about this division was that it was going to be awful. Um, if I go back and look at it, I've got the uh, I had the Titans at nine and eight, the Colts. At seven and ten, the Texans at three and fourteen, the Jags at two and fifteen. Uh, so I was definitely wrong about the Jags, but right about everyone else being bad. The Jags leave the division at seven and eight. Tennessee uh, sits there at the same record, seven and eight. Indianapolis uh, sits at four and ten in third place, and the Houston Texans at two and twelve. Now remember, two and twelve. If you remember what I just said, I had the Texans. At three and fourteen, so pretty close to being how being a good predictor when it comes to how bad uh, Texas was. 
Um, listen, Tennessee could still win this division and maybe look a little smarter as far as predicting the, the, the division winner. But nevertheless, um, yeah, it's uh, right now Jacksonville's basically went out and you're in and you win the division in a season that I had them predicted to be absolute butt cheeks. Uh, and, and so that's where I was. I was right about the division being bad. Um, and I think if unless you were uh, living under a rock, you probably would have predicted the same. Let's stick in the AFC, but let's go to the East. Right now, I am correct with the entire division, but a little off with the records. Currently, um, let's let's go. I, I predicted the Bills to finish at 14 and three. They are currently at 12 and three. I had the Dolphins at 10 and seven. The Dolphins currently sit at eight and seven. The Pats I predicted to be nine and eight. They are seven and eight right now. The Jets are probably the one I got. Well, not probably. The Jets were the one I got the worst. I predicted them to go one and sixteen. They are seven and eight. So I was pretty close with everybody but the Jets. And listen, it's hard to predict a team to be middle of the road. Like somebody's got to go and lose a bunch of games. So when I was going through my projections, I had a couple of teams winning two and three games, winning one or no games. And so of course, the likelihood that that's going to play out is is pretty low. Um, but at least I had them right, right in the spot of the division, right? So um, there's your AFC East. Uh, the Dolphins, um, again, without Tua Tungavailoa, fighting for a playoff spot. They play New England this week. We're going to get to them at the end of the show uh, when we go to pick NFL games this weekend. Um, but they still have a shot at that at that 10-7 and 7 that I predicted them, uh, and the Bills still have that shot to go 14-3 and 3, as I projected as well. Um, let's go to the last division in the AFC and let's go out West. Um, I was wrong with the division for the most part, except for Kansas city being really good and the Broncos being really bad. Um, I had the chargers winning the division at 15 and two. They currently sit at nine and six, but still, if I'm not mistaken, look at, look like they're a, in a playoff contender. Um, as of right now, they are barely in the playoffs. We'll get to them in a second. Um, Kansas City, I did have at 12 and three, or I'm sorry, I had them at 14 and three. They're currently 12 and three. They have a shot to, to, to get to that 14 and three point. Um, Vegas, I had at 11 and six. They are six and nine, and they just announced Wednesday, the 28th, that Derek Carr would not only be benched, but he will not be with the team. Uh, he does not want to be a distraction. Derek Carr done in Vegas as Vegas sits at six and nine. I did tell I did tell you that Denver was going to be really bad, right? I told people that Denver was going to be awful. They weren't good last year. Adding Russell Wilson, they weren't going to be good this year. And I had people say, Ryan, you know, they got Russell Wilson. They got weapons on offense. They got they got plenty of plenty of weapons. They got a good running back. Well, the running back gets hurt. They let go of Melvin Ingram. I don't even know who the starting running back is right now. Well, not Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon. I don't even know who the starting running back is. Oh, they got good receivers, and they got they got decent tight ends. Well, um, Cortland Sutton hasn't hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you any other receivers on that team. I think one of them, Tim Patrick, got hurt in the preseason. Um, so yeah, I predicted Denver to go five and twelve. They sit at four and eleven at this minute. Uh, so yeah, I was pretty close on the AFC West with the exception of the Chargers, who in their defense have been banged up most of the season, um, but hope to get healthy. They've got the number one running back in the league uh, when it comes to a fantasy perspective in Austin Eckler. 
Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both healthy and looked good last week, despite having a bad showing uh, on Monday night football. Um, the Chargers are, are, are probably the, the maybe the, the, I don't know, the sneakiest team if they can sneak their way into the playoffs um, this season. But, uh, yeah, I, I told you Kansas City was going to be good. Everybody knew Kansas City was going to be good. Um, there were a few people who thought that losing Tyreek Hill meant that Mahomes is going to fall off a cliff, and it couldn't have been farther than the truth. Pat Mahomes is a baller. The Kansas City Chiefs are uh, quite possibly the top, uh, most definitely the top five uh, NFL uh, teams in the league. Uh, so there you have it. That's your AFC. Let's move on to the NFC, shall we? And let's stick with the North. Um, listen, I was right with just about everything except for records, and I say that now considering there's still a shot uh, to come really close to the records that I picked for everybody. Uh, let's start off. I had Minnesota winning the division. They already have. I had them at 13 and four. They sit at 12 and three. Uh, the, the Lions and Packers, I had tying at nine and eight. They both currently sit at seven and eight. I mean, that's pretty damn close, if you ask me. And then the Bears, I told you they were going to be bad. And Justin Fields tried to make people look silly this season, but it didn't help the record. I had Chicago at two and fifteen. They sit at three and twelve. Um, and so once again, uh, pretty close to having it right here uh, in the NFC North. And I'm hoping my Lions can win out, finish the season nine and eight as projected. Uh, however, I do hope that that the Green Bay, who gets Minnesota this weekend, and then finishes the season at Detroit does not get what I predicted, and they go 7-10. and 10. Uh, Nothing would make me happier than to see the Packers finish with a losing record this season. Let's move down south in, uh, in probably what could be the worst division in football. The, the Southern Divisions, man, both the AFC and the NFC South has been, uh, has been hot dog water. You know what I mean? Like, just so bad. And in the NFC South, I had, I had everything just about right except for the Saints, um, just a wrong, and, and obviously a wrong with the, with the record of Tampa Bay. Um, but I was pretty close with predicting the division outside of New Orleans. Uh, I had Tampa Bay at 13-4, and four, which was a safe bet early in the season. They have struggled on offense all, ye- all year. Tom Brady has not looked good. Uh, Tampa Bay sits at 7-8 and eight and are, are clawing at keeping that division in their pocket. But on their tails is Carolina, who I had predicted at eight and nine, currently sit at six and nine. And if they win the NFC South, they will win it at eight and nine. A losing record uh, for the division winner if the Panthers do happen to win. Um, I had the Atlanta Falcons at five and 12, finishing third in the division. They're currently sitting at five and 10 and could likely finish the season five and 12. The Saints, I had another one of those, like, Jets moments. I had them at 1-16. They currently sit at 6-9. and nine. Um, Listen, the Saints could be a lot better. They could be a lot worse. Jameis Winston started the season as the starter, got hurt, lost the job to Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton hasn't done much better. But the Saints in general, as a rec- from a record standpoint, did better than I predicted. Uh, the NFC East. Is, uh, is is where I first start my, my sort of nosedive. Way wrong with the with the team that will end up winning this division in my, in my perspective. Uh, the Eagles were the last unbeaten team in the NFL. I predicted them to go 5-12. and 12. 
So let me be the first to apologize to the Philadelphia Eagles and apologize to the Eagles fans, uh, the maybe one that listens to this show. Uh, let's go where I had it predicted. I had Dallas winning the division at 12-5. and five. They do currently sit at 11-4. and four. So 12-5 and five is not out of the question. I had the Giants finishing second at 10-7. and seven. Uh, They currently sit in 8-6. and six. I think 8-6-1 and because they did tie with Washington. Um, Washington, speaking of, uh, had them at 7-10. and 10. They're currently 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. And as I already men- mentioned, Philadelphia, I had at 5-12. and 12. They sit at 13-2. and two. And if they can win the next two games, we'll sure up the, the number one seed in the NFC and we'll get a first-round bye, which they desperately need because they have an offensive lineman that is now banged up, uh, likely to miss the, the, Latin, the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure they'd love a week to rest without, without having to worry about him as well as Jalen Hurts. I know they don't want to rush him back, uh, so they would love to get that extra week of rest going into the NFL play or the NFC playoffs. And we get to the NFC West, (laughs) where I was just wrong, wrong, wrong about the NFC West. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. The NFC West was my worst predicted division uh, from start to finish. I projected the Rams to go 15 and two. The Rams are currently sitting at five and 10 and in third in the division. I had the Cardinals finishing 10 and seven, and they are currently dead last in the division at four and 11. I predicted the 49ers at seven and 10, but I was also considering that Trey Lance would be the starting quarterback. Well, not only did he get hurt, but then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, and they are still the NFC Western Division champions at 11-4. and four. And the Seahawks, the team that I got the worst prediction of everyone in the NFL. I had them going 0-17. I mentioned it in the first segment of the show. Um, I had them 0-17. I knew it was unlikely they would go winless. But with the roster that they had, I never would have expected a 7-8 and eight season, which is where they sit at this very moment. Uh, so listen, outside of the NFC East, and I should mention outside of the Eagles of the NFC East and outside of the NFC West, I was pretty spot on with my predictions coming into the season. If you looked at the playoff, uh, the playoff picture as it stands right now compared to my predictions, I have four of the seven teams predicted in both the AFC and the NFC. Uh, the only teams right now on the outside looking in at the, at the playoffs are the Tennessee Titans who still could win that division and make the playoffs, the Steelers and the Raiders who are more than likely out of it. I am missing the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Ravens. Uh, I've already mentioned where I was wrong with those predictions. I did have the Dolphins good. I just thought there were going to be other records that were going to beat them out. But those are the only three teams that I'm missing in the AFC. As far as the NFC goes, I've got um, the Rams who are obviously with inj- between injuries and just bad play. Um, I, I have the Cardinals in, which is not going to happen. And the Packers, who still have an outside shot at the playoffs right now. I'm missing the Eagles, who I've already been on record being, being wrong about. The Washington Commanders, who right now sit at the number seven playoff spot. And then obviously, I, was, I told you I was wrong with the NFC West. And the San Francisco 49ers currently sitting at the three seed. Well, folks, you can't have a football-only finale show without going through the predictions that I made in the season and comparing them to how the season played out so that you have a tangible source to go back and say, you know what? 
this bully rye guy kind of knows what he's talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I don't call myself bully rye for nothing. And if you're not listening to this show and you're not listening to what I have to say about fantasy football, uh, you're not like you haven't listened to what I have to say when it comes to predicting football. As a matter of fact, in the next segment, we're going to get into the Frick's Picks uh, NFL standings on through ESPN.com, and you're going to see that I am still at the top of the leaderboard for the NFL Pigskin Pickums for this podcast. I have been in first place for quite some time. I have a three-game lead, and it's going to continue to be a three-game lead uh, because I am just too good. I bully the people who pick against me. Because I am just, I am too good at this football thing, considering that, once again, no background in, in, in football, organized football, uh, no background in sports broadcasting or anything like that, no background in actually predicting this sort of stuff, no, you know, doing a whole lot of studies. I'm just good at seeing what I see and bringing it to you. Uh, so, once again, hopefully you get enjoy that segment where I could show you where I was right and where I was wrong. Uh, but coming up next, as, as I mentioned, the final segment the the main event if this is a wrestling show we're going to call it the main event anyway you know what it's the season finale i can do what i want the main event of the football season finale we are going to recap frick's picks on the season we are going to predict some bowl games uh because we have a huge slate of bowl games ahead of us and four more games to pick in week uh in the nfl week 17 uh, and once again, the, the these picks will go into the main event of the wrestling episode next week. But stay tuned right now. We're going to take our last break and come back with Frick's picks in the football show season finale right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the, the finale of the season finale of football-only episodes here on Tap House and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye, and we are going to get into Rick's picks for the last time on the football-only episode, considering Rick's picks will go to the wrestling shows starting next week. Um, let's recap. In the last two weeks, because I haven't done a recap, I went 7-7 seven and seven over the last two weeks, giving me an overall record picking against the spread at 58-59-5 on the season. Uh, if you go to the tap outs and touchdowns group picks on ESPN.com, your guy, Bully Rye, still sitting in the number one spot at 148 and 84. Uh, Greek still sitting in second place at 145 and 93. Uh, Polly, uh, Volley Polly from Polly's Pickums podcast still sits in number three at 135 and 103. Uh, if you look at the number four and five spot, they have flipped. I think Sam may have forgotten to make some picks. Buck sitting at 120 and 97, and Sam 118 and 79. So she did not make picks last week, and she has fallen into the number five spot. Now, before we get into picks, I do want to mention I am running a uh, college bowl game challenge uh, this season, and I started off at seven and one, just absolutely like crushed it. To start this bowl picks, I have not, I've not fared so well. I'm still in first place. I'm 15 and eight in my picks. Uh, no spreads or anything like that, but I'm currently still sitting in first place in this pool. There's 23 of us in here at 15 and eight 
freaking Arkansas, man. I had Arkansas winning the game or Arkansas losing the game tonight to, uh, to Kansas. Um, and if I'm not – matter of fact, I had Duke losing to UCF, and that did not happen. So um, I believe the Arkansas game, as of this recording, is still going on. Kansas trying to mount a comeback. I think it's going to be too little too late. Uh, oh, they are in double overtime. Are you kidding? What am I doing recording the show? I should be watching this football game. Uh, Kansas came storming back, and Arkansas currently up 53-51 to 51, uh, with the two-point conversion or the two-point attempt failed for Kansas. It looks like that game's over. Arkansas wins 53-51. to 51. It's weird how they don't necessarily um, uh, call the game on score mobile app. What a game. I can't believe Kansas came back and made that a game. And I am really frustrated that I was recording the show instead of watching that game. But how else are you going to get information for me to, uh, to, to be able to, to talk crap, talk smack to me the next time you see me on social media. Um, so that being said, I'm going to quick pick three bowl games and we're going to get into a little bit of detail in three more. So let's start off in college football bowl, bowl games, this coming week and weekend, let's start off the Alamo Bowl. Number 20, Texas against number 12, Washington. Texas, a three-point favorite. The quick pick is I'm going to take Texas. I think um, I think they were better than their record shows. They showed that they made some, some decent strides this year to be a contender. Give me Texas to knock off Washington. Uh, the Orange Bowl, number Tennessee, ten, number six Tennessee, number seven Clemson. Clemson a five point favorite. The bowl game I like to call. We missed the college football playoffs because we couldn't beat South Carolina Bowl. Um, I'm taking Tennessee, man. I think Clemson's uh, secondary is just not that good. They couldn't get a whole lot of uh, of, of pressure uh, on Spencer Rattler. I mean, I say they couldn't. Their best defensive lineman has declared for the draft and will not play in this game. There will be no Hendon Hooker. Their star receiver is not going to be playing in this game. But the, the quarterback they've got, and forgive me for not knowing his name off the top of my head, does have a cannon of an arm. Um, give me Tennessee to, to cover that five-point spread. And then the Sugar Bowl, number five, Alabama versus number nine, Kansas State. Alabama, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, listen, Kansas State looked really good at times this year. Um, I believe they won the Big 12, uh, but Alabama is going to go out and show why they thought they deserved to be in the college football playoff. They're going to make a statement in this game against Kansas State. Give me Alabama with those points. Now, the one game that is near and dear to my heart is a game that I have decided to go to. That's right. I am going to Jacksonville, Florida on Friday to watch the Gator Bowl, where number 21 Notre Dame takes on number 19 South Carolina Notre Dame goes into this game a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams, however, are down key contributors to this offense. Uh, South Carolina uh, had running back Marshawn Lloyd and tight end uh, Jaheim Bell both enter the transfer portal. They also had tight end Austin Stogner enter the transfer portal. Both tight ends have committed. Austin Stogner is going back to Oklahoma, and Jaheim Bell is committed to Florida State. Um the star tight end for Notre Dame declared for the NFL draft, so he will not play in this game. Uh, despite all having said all of that, South Carolina had arguably the best two weeks of anyone in college football to finish the season, knocking off and eliminating two schools 
from the college football playoff and the Tennessee Volunteers and the Clemson Tigers. Um, I think they're going to carry this momentum into Jacksonville. Give me the Gamecocks to cover this two-and-a-half-point spread, and I think they're going to get the win here in Jacksonville against Notre Dame. You also got to take into consideration, uh, I, of course I can't say his name, the quarterback for Wake Forest, I think Sam Hartman, um, after their bowl game win against Missouri, um, they uh, he has declared uh, his intention to enter the portal, and all rumors suggest he is going to Notre Dame. So I'm taking that into consideration. That might be somewhat of a distraction for the current quarterback who is going to be trying to play out of his mind and do everything he can not to make mistakes and, and explain to them, listen, I'm here. This is my job. You don't need to bring that guy in here. And I think he is going to do the exact opposite. He's going to make mistakes. Um, we are also going to be without – I say we. South Carolina is also going to be missing uh, their, their star defensive back um, who has entered the transfer portal, Cam Smith. Uh, but I still th- – I, th- I think it's just going to be too much. I think South Carolina comes out and surprises everybody and beats three ranked teams to end the season with a ninth win, and they knock off Notre Dame. Now, this weekend also features the college football playoff semifinals, and we're going to start off with the Fiesta Bowl featuring number three TCU, number two Michigan, Michigan a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I know I went quick with the first three bowl games I picked, there's not much to say here about this game. TCU lost its conference championship game, still made the playoffs, did not drop the number four in the playoff rankings. Michigan has dog-walked everybody all season, including fellow playoff, uh, I guess, play- fellow playoff school, Ohio State. Michigan, big spread, seven and a half points. I think they're going to they're gonna dog-walk TCU too. Or maybe you call it Wolverine walk since, uh, since we've got dogs playing in the next game. I just think Michigan's too good. This is a, this is a year that I, I said going into conference championships that we didn't need a college football playoff this year. Give me the top two teams. That's all we needed. Michigan and Georgia. Uh, we didn't need a playoff, which brings me to the Peach Bowl, the other semifinal game, the Peach Bowl, number four, Ohio State, number one, Georgia. Georgia, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I've already mentioned Ohio State had one real test all season and got blown out by Michigan. Uh, Georgia, to me, is equally as good, if not better, than Michigan. Give me the dogs to destroy Ohio State to set that Michigan-Georgia game for the national title that we should have gotten in the first place. Give me Georgia with the points to, once again, dog walk Ohio State. All right, guys, we are going down the stretch. Guys and gals, whoever it is listening to the show, we are now in NFL Week 17 picks, the final pick them of the football-only show, so let's get right into it. Um, some really intriguing games, some really uh, important games this coming weekend. Let's start off the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday, where Tampa Bay is a current three-point favorite. Um, Tampa Bay had, a, had to have a comeback win uh, over Arizona this past week. Carolina just shut down the hottest team in football as they ran all over the Lions on Christmas Eve. Now they need to win out to win the NFC South and make the playoffs. I think they start that this week with Tampa Bay. Give me the Panthers with the points. I think they win this game outright, and they take over the number one spot in the NFC South, and Tampa will be scrambling in Week 18 to take that back. Next up, AFC East showdown. The Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. New England a three-point favorite 
another one o'clock kickoff on Sunday. I've already mentioned it earlier in the show. Tua Tungavailoa suffered yet another concussion last week and will likely see Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback for Miami as they struggle to hold on to that last spot in the AFC playoffs. Meanwhile, over the last four games, New England is one and three, including a loss to a bad Raiders team, but following it up with a close loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, like a three-point loss to the Bengals. Um, regardless of who's at quarterback for the Dolphins, I like Miami to cover this three points. I will see them to likely win outright and uh, set themselves up for the playoff spot that they've been working for all season uh, and hopefully getting Tua back for that for that week one, that wild card round in the AFC playoffs. Give me the Dolphins to cover the three-point spread. Next up, an NFC North showdown. That is win, win or go home, essentially, for the Green Bay Packers. The Minnesota Vikings at the Packers, a 425 kickoff on Sunday. Green Bay, a three-and-a-half-point favorite somehow, which doesn't make any sense to me. I know the Vikings were underdogs to the Lions earlier this season, but that made sense. This one doesn't. Now, Green Bay has come on strong as of late. Uh, trying to push to make that last, that number seven seed in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota's already won the North, and believe it or not, they still aim for the number one seed in the NFC. If the Eagles finish the season without Jalen Hurts and they lose out, uh, and I think if the Cowboys lose one of their next two, then Minnesota wins out, and they're the number one seed in the NFC, and they're the ones getting to stay home for the bye week um, in the NFC playoffs. Um, I wouldn't call it an upset, even though they're the underdog. Give me the Vikings to eliminate the Packers from the playoffs this Sunday. Last but not least, probably the best Monday night football game we will have seen this season. We maybe have seen for quite some time. Monday night football, the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals only a half, oh, I'm sorry, the Bills only a half point favorite against the Bengals again. It's going to be the best Monday night football game of the year. Uh, two more teams vying for the number one seed in their conference with two weeks left to play. Buffalo rides a six-game winning streak while Cincinnati rides a seven-game win streak into this game. Um, listen, the Bengals had to go through the Bills last season to get to the get to get to the the AFC Championship or to get to the Super Bowl, if you will. Um, I think the Bills get this win back. Um, and they all but lock up the number one seed in the AFC. Um, but I think it's a loss that Cincinnati needs to take right now so that they have that added motivation to try to make their, their Super Bowl run once again this season. Give me the Bills in what should be a Monday night football game for the ages. Folks, that was your football-only season finale show. Hopefully you were able to take in some of what I said to show that I kind of maybe know what I'm talking about despite not having any professional background when it comes to picking, when it comes to, to organized football, if you will. Hopefully, you will take this season finale football episode and bring it forth with you, in, with you into the 2023 offseason, into the 2023 football season. So you can tell your friends, hey, Bully Rye, this guy from Tap Outs and Touchdowns, he knows what he's talking about. And you should probably listen to what he has to say. He's no Matthew Gary. He's no Field Yates. But for a, a small-town guy in upstate South Carolina, 
He's a pretty good listener, um, and he kind of knows uh, he kind of knows his stuff. So hopefully you enjoyed this season finale of the Football Only Show. Remember, stay tuned for next week. We are going to bring you a review of Wrestle Kingdom 13. In the main event, we're going to do football picks for week 18 of the NFL season. We're going to review uh, where uh, where we looked at this past week. And uh, maybe I'll give you some some uh, some results for my fantasy football championship week on the show. Uh, stay tuned to hear that. But once again, thank you for listening to the wrestling show this week. Thank you for listening to this, the football season finale of Tap House and Touchdown Season 4. And stay tuned for more quality content next week. It's your guy, Bully Rye, for Tap House and Touchdowns, and I'll be around.